You are now entering the Brightness. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello, you're on the bright side with Kevin and Jason, your re-weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. Hello, Jason. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you, Kevin? I'm good. It's very strange to be here in my bathroom rather than there at your house. You know, COVID does that. It does. I believe you have, if I'm not mistaken, not left your house for six to eight months. Is that right? <laughs> we we have left uh, on the occasion, but we are being very vigilant. Matt has some immunocompromisations. Mm-hmm. And so we're just taking it extra careful and extra safe because we don't want to risk it. No, it's very much better not to risk it. I think I applaud your steadfastness. And I'm, I'm glad that you two both have something that you can work from home in that situation. Like I, uh, my work situation doesn't allow me to stay home. But then again, if I did stay home, I think I would have had, I would at this point have a dead husband and two dead dogs here, probably (laughs) here in the home with me. Yeah, we definitely, I mean, Matt and I go for walks Mm -hmm. because it helps clear our heads. But we also, we started venturing out to like botanical gardens and stuff like that, where it's like a way to go do something for the day. Right. But it's not stressful and it doesn't involve most other humans <laughs> just plants which is your favorite company anyway i love plants plants <laughs> they just tell you like it is they want water <laughs> they wilt they need sunlight they wilt either way they're wilting and you got to fix it i feel like they have one method of communication unfortunately well, well what if they're happy they bloom i guess yeah if they're doing great they bloom their their leaves are perky <laughs> If they're not doing great, they will. You know, there's a lot to be said for that because I deal mostly with people and they're they're a shit show a lot of yeah. times, you know, and you can't really you can't really trust them. And their motivation's not so not so clear as plans. Well, my favorite's when people go, I'm fine. And you're like, Oh, you're definitely not fine, but <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight with that. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I'm glad you guys are staying safe and and healthy in your home and everything. Um as People might have noticed it's been what eight months since we had <laughs> since we had a uh, an episode. Uh, we've been dealing with the pandemic just like everybody else, but it looks like we have the technical uh, everything figured out, and we just missed doing this. Yep. So we're back to it. Yeah, and the the stories are probably for a little while going to be a little more gentle. Mm-hmm. Just That's because fine. the world is a shit show. I feel like we need that right now. Yeah. So there's still going to be tragedies, but it's going to be like tragedy light well yeah sure because for tragedy these days you just have to look out the window or turn on the news so it's not (laughs) in fact for future listeners of the show just to situate us in the timeline here we are recording this one day after ruth bader ginsburg died she died yesterday on the first day of rosh hashanah uh which my husband has assured me means that she was a momentous person but i knew that because of the earthquake that happened uh, a couple of hours after she died here in Los Angeles, yeah, which is how long the shockwave took to get here. 
That's what that's my theory. Yeah, and I can tell you she has been making shockwaves because I have been working for the Biden Harris campaign mm-hmm. and for all of our listeners out there, please register to vote and please vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not an election to sit out. <laughs> and um since her death, many many millions of dollars have been raised for democratic candidates, record numbers and the number of people who have suddenly decided to volunteer to make phone calls and send texts has skyrocketed. It is insane that you mention that right now because shall we talk about the bright spot? Oh, no way. Yes. I've 100% nailed it already. I was just going to I was going to do more stuff, but that's it. I, that's that's the bright spot that in the like 13 hours since it was announced that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Act Blue, the progressive-backed Act Blue, which is a donation processing site that backs Democratic candidates, it reported that they raised $57 million since she died, including $6.2 million in the first hour after her death was announced. And a lot of that has gone to uh, help Amy McGrath, who's running against Mitch McConnell. So the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not good. There's no sense in which it is good itself. Right. But in true bright side form, it has inspired so many people to act and get involved, which I think that she would consider a pretty great legacy if she didn't already have so many other things to be, you know, proud about. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to I want to tack on to the, the importance of that six point two million. Mm-hmm. That was a record yeah. for the most money raised in an hour since the site began. Mm-hmm. And they broke that record. An hour later, when they raised six point three million. Okay, there you so go. So they they broke records twice in a row, two hours in a row, and they're crazy. I think today they've been averaging one point five million every fifteen minutes or something. Oh my God, it shows you the depth of feeling for her, but it also shows how she's a complete lion. She's an icon, absolutely. Um, And it seems almost appropriate that her death would inspire this kind of, I mean, some call it panic, but also (laughs) for some people it is panic and dread. But for others, it's a recognition of the deep importance of the next two months and what that's going to bring for this country. So I think that the swell of uh, activity and donations is good. And I think it's a bright spot that we can take from a really terrible thing for the country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's this week's bright spot. I would have a moment of silence for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but it's terrible in the podcast form. So instead, let's just nod our heads and appreciate her incredible life. Yes. And uh, remember, dissent is patriotic. (laughs) Very true. So that was all by way of situating us in the timeline. So for future listeners, that's where we are right now. We are uh, post all public spaces being closed and pre-martial law being declared. So uh, that's where we are right now. And Jason, shall we jump into the show? Yes. Just like nothing ever happened. (laughs) All right. You ready for this? I have no idea. There's so little I've been ready for this year, turns out. But I have faith now that I'll get through it. (laughs) Sticky. Oh, I'm ready for that. Thieves. Sticky thieves. Okay. Pancakes. Sticky thieves and pancakes. Are we at an IHOP? Tell me we're at an IHOP. I want to go to IHOP, but they're all out in the parking lot now, and there's just no romance in it. That's right. (laughs) We're going to talk about the great Canadian maple syrup heist. Fantastic. That's that's what I said. (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to give a shout out to uh, my amazing family member, Jody, for alerting me to this particular event. Okay. When the pandemic first started, she recommended, I was saying, we're, we're trying to figure out ways to make recording happen again. Yeah. And she recommended this. And so I've had it in my back pocket waiting until the day that our schedules would re-collide in, uh, and all that. And so... Uh, so your back pocket is incredibly sticky. It's been stolen. It's sticky. It's filled with pancakes. <laughs> it's incredible you haven't gone there for some stress eating at some point. So congratulations, because it's been a long time. Well, what's crazy is I've started baking a lot. Okay. And you would think that I would be a thousand pounds right now from the stuff I'm baking. No, no, I that's kept... me somehow. <laughs> well done. <laughs> no, you're baking. I'm gaining gaining weight. Well, the, the thing I learned is that when I get into high stress dread... I actually drop weight. Oh. So it turns oh, out that I, I turn into a skeleton. There's another reason to be jealous of you. Damn. <laughs> we have the same stress levels. I'm ballooning and you're you're shriveling. I think I'm not <laughs> sure that being incapable of surviving in the wild off of my own body fat for a month is uh, <laughs> is an asset right now. Well, that's okay because probably you'll just resort to eating me. I'll have plenty of like extra, so it won't even hurt that much. Uh, we'll be fine. I'll be there for you. All right. So the great Canadian maple syrup heist. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you, but now that you've said uh, maple syrup twice, I'm hungry and I have to go eat. Let okay. me be right back. Okay, we're back. That was just editing. <laughs> I hope that was a delicious meal. It was so good. I eat every 15 minutes now. Please continue. <laughs> just like Act Blue gets at 1.5 million, Kevin eats 1.5 million calories. Every 15 minutes, yeah. yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the great... I was a, it was a terrible joke. I I just did a terrible joke. You're welcome, audience. We're, no, we're no, back. you didn't. No, I liked it a lot, actually. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I want to eat it. Oh. <laughs> anyway, what are, what the hell are we talking about? So we're talking about the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. Right. That's what most folks call the period of time between 2011 and 2012, where about 3,000 tons of pure maple syrup, or about 540,000 gallons, uh -huh. was stolen from a storage facility in Quebec. Incredibly slowly. This heist happened over a year? Yep. That's not a heist. That's embezzlement. <laughs> so let's pause for a second on the okay. heist. Okay. Why would someone want to steal maple syrup? Uh, it's delicious. Sure, right? Have you you've had real maple syrup, right? Yes, I've had real maple syrup. I, you know, I use it for shampoo now. Wh what? Cuz I eat everything. <laughs> I needed an edible shampoo, okay? It started there. Okay. Okay. By the way, when Canadians win Olympic events, apparently they drink maple syrup. I saw a picture. Uh, legit. So pure maple syrup is not Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima is a lie. Sure. And she is not giving... Well, I shouldn't blame her. She's just the spokesperson. Well, she's not um, even around anymore. Where have you been? They got rid of Aunt Jemima. Oh, we did? Yeah, yeah. Did they change the name of the company? I don't think they've changed the name of the company, but they're, I think that they're taking the slave off of the bottle. Yeah. Got it. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So that's a, there's a bright side right there. Great job. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, they did more than that, but they did that too. That's good. Yeah. Well, either way, the Aunt Jemima and similar brands of syrup is not actually syrup. It's sugar made to look like syrup. 
Oh. So it's not like real maple syrup is actually less sweet and it has a really lovely flavor. It's still sweet. Okay. But it is super delicious. It's not cloyingly sweet. You'll hmm. really enjoy it. It's like the pure amber stuff. It's the hardcore. Sure. Like, Mosquitoes are living in it or dying in it. Got it. Yeah. You know, I actually won't order pancakes, waffles, or anything like that from a restaurant unless they have real maple syrup because oh. it's at this point now where I'm real snobby about it. But it's the other stuff. I might as well just spoonful of sugar. Come on, Mary Poppins, just pop that in my mouth. I you say spoonful of sugar like it's a bad thing, but that's <laughs> like breakfast for me now. So maple syrup is apparently called brown gold. Oh. According to history101.com. They called it brown gold because it is worth 25 times that of oil. What? You know how oil is called black gold? Yeah. So brown gold sure. is the maple syrup of oil. <laughs> Okay, sure. Wow, I had twenty five times more valuable than oil. Correct. Okay, and we're just wasting it on fucking pancakes. Well, yes. Well, what else are you gonna do with it? You can't like heat your house with maple syrup. I don't know, but the that maybe the possibilities haven't been tapped. Uh, they haven't been tapped like they tap maple oh, syrup. Oh, it's untapped. I yes, an inadvertent pun. Yes, I mean I meant that, and I'm very clever. <laughs> So the amount of maple syrup stolen from the plant was worth about 18 million Canadian dollars. Oh. So back in 2012, 18 million Canadian dollars actually was the same amount as U.S. dollars. So it was a lot of money. They took 18 million dollars worth of maple syrup? Okay. So how? Well, we'll get there. Okay. So it makes a bit more sense, right, that Mm -hmm. there'd be folks rearing up to steal themselves some of this nice sticky treat, right? Now that you put it in context of how valuable it is, sure. So where are they selling it? Are they going to IHOP and being like, do you, do you open your jacket and be like, oh shit, it's sticky as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> How do you sell that much? Anyway. The, well, IHOP doesn't want to buy it. They, they, they specialize in not real maple syrup. Oh, that's I don't know true. what they specialize in. They specialize in sadness of their pancakes. Sure. So they go to Trader Joe's and be like, listen, I know you got a wholesome fucking image and shit, but how about some... <laughs> Brown market maple syrup. <laughs> hey, hey, Jimmy, I see you got pancakes there. Yeah. It'd be a real fucking shame if you poured some of that cheapo shit on it. You want some of the good stuff? Some of the, some of the. Yeah, man, I want the good stuff. Yeah, you got it. You, you got the good stuff. Be, be, be cool. Be cool. Come on. <clears throat> don't Sorry. fucking, don't fucking give it away. Right, God man, damn. I just, I just haven't had real maple syrup in so long. Yeah, okay. Well, it shows. All right. You're an amateur. You're an amateur. Are you carrying? Are you holding? Are you holding? What's some fucking carrying? Why would I be talking to you if I wasn't? I don't know. People's motivations are weird. All right. Let's look at this. The price of oil <laughs> is $40. I don't want any fucking oil. 25 times that. Oh, shit. We do the math. All right. <laughs> I, 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 how much for one pancake's worth? <laughs> uh, $200. <laughs> deal. Fucking deal. So the people who would steal the syrup claimed that there was more involved than just the money. They're like, I didn't just do it for the money. It's for the love. Yes. They did it for the love of the maple syrup. (laughs) Okay. What'd they do it for? Patriotism? Can't wait to hear. (laughs) Apparently, 70% of all pure maple syrup comes from Quebec in the world. Okay. And all of the maple syrup that comes out of Quebec is controlled by none other than the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers, or 
FPAQ for short. Wow. F they're like the op yeah, it's like it's kind of like OPEC. Yeah. It's FPAC. Yeah. And way more valuable. But whatever. Way more valuable. So quote from history101.com, quote. The FPAC subjects its members to quotas, meaning that all producers in Quebec are allowed to send them a fixed amount of maple syrup to be sold each year. Oh. Naturally, the FPAC takes a cut of the profits. Naturally. They're often described as a cartel, and when you consider how forcefully they operate, it's easy to see why. Any excess syrup producers uh, generate is stored in a reserve known as the International Strategic Reserve <laughs> and is stored in a warehouse across a number of small Quebec towns. Okay. The Strategic Maple Syrup Reserve? All right. See, they've got it figured out. Here we are hoarding ventilators. Yep. So... They have basically the idea is uh, in 2011, they had a massive surplus in maple syrup, right? Sure. And because FPAC only allows for so much syrup to be sold, the syrup farmers had to put all the excess in storage so that if there's in the future, if there's like a drought. Right. Some maple syrup threatening event, like a pandemic or climate change or something. Exactly. Then mm -hmm. they have excess to, to dole out later. Well, and fortunately, also... those things don't even happen. So whatever. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, I've also become super conservative in this pandemic. We haven't seen much of you, but that's what's going on. <laughs> so FPAC was founded in 1966 to help the maple syrup farmers moderate their supplies and to help drive up the price of maple syrup. Okay. So since they could control how much was going out, they could up the charge of the product, kind of monopoly it, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's un-American. Absolutely un-American. Fortunately, this is taking place in Canada. In the good boom years, they could save up for the, the struggle years, etc. You know. They're a cartel. Exactly. So at a first glance, though, if you look at this and you go like, oh, well, that makes sense. You don't want to over... Like, if, if you can store it for a while and we can keep the price high and everyone's getting paid well, and then the rest of the syrup gets saved for a bad year... Well, yes and no. I mean, what about me? I want five cent syrup. The, the consumer doesn't win. Well, I'm the consumer in this situation. So that's my problem with it. Right. You don't, I think, have an appropriate appreciation for how much maple syrup I can imbibe. It's a lot. It's an expensive habit. Okay. So I am not a fan of these people. Okay. I'm still not even sure if you've had any, so you seem very up in arms about something you've never done. <laughs> <laughs> you have a point. <laughs> <laughs> so there were some producers of maple syrup however who were like how dare you stop me from making much more money this year and they're like actually if you put more out there then you're going to make less money because people will be like there's too much i can't sell it so i can't sell it for 15 dollars a bottle i'm going to sell it for five i see and then suddenly everyone's losing those particular folks viewed it as stifling the maple syrup <laughs> trade uh true patriot one maple syrup producer is quoted in vanity fair as saying quote it's a <laughs> mafia last year they tried to seize my syrup <laughs> i had to move the product into new brunswick at night <laughs> they got sticky bootleggers now I just love the idea. First of all, I love that Vanity Fair has an article about this. That props to Vanity Fair. I also really appreciate the fact that he was like, "I had to hide my syrup." Right. It's like they have like smugglers' caves for fucking <laughs> maple syrup. The cat crows at midnight. <laughs> uh, 
the cow uh likes maple syrup i'm bad at this oh, god damn it jimmy we need the code because otherwise i'm, sorry, I'm terrible at, at, at espionage i'm sorry oh my god they're here just get over the border to new brunswick just go there's no code for that the police are here <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible code <laughs> quote from uh quote from vanity fair quote Members of the Federation, Quebec's bulk producers, are required to join, give their harvest over to FPAC, which inspects, tastes, and grades the syrup. Some of it is sold immediately. The rest is stored mm. in reserve. Producers are paid only when a syrup is sold, which can mean years what? of waiting. FPAC keeps $54 for each barrel, a kind of tax that pays for the advertising, the testing of the recipes, the upkeep of the reserves, mm -hmm. and so on. In this way, the Federation steadies supply, filling the coffers in banner years, satisfying demand in fallow. In this way, the price of syrup is stabilized, benefiting even the competitors across the border. That makes a strong point. So I, I'm sure you're thinking, Jason, I get it. Get on with the no, heist, I'm thinking, right? Let's think about maple syrup some more. God, I really <laughs> should have had some food before I started this. <laughs> By the way, you're going to appreciate this. I mean, you're not because you're mm -hmm. not eating it, but I made oh, challah bread yeah. the other day and it was perfect oh challah bread. I was very, I am first to criti critique my baking and any yeah. flaws that I made. This bread was Why do you think flawless. I'm going to appreciate this? I'm mad that I didn't have any. This is the best part. We then made challah bread French <gasps> toast with our real maple syrup. I have to go. <laughs> like, I have to go eat. I'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Welcome back again. I was going to ask, where are you going to go? It's a pandemic. But My then when kitchen. you said you had to eat, I realized the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I've been panic hoarding for months. <laughs> so in uh, let's get to the heist, shall we? Sure. Got to go. Well, in 2012, Michael Gavreau, a worker in a warehouse connected to the reserve, was climbing up a tower of syrup barrels. Oh, that sounds fun and really dangerous. <laughs> Each barrel, when filled, weighs 600 pounds. So that makes sense, right? You, you, you're on the same page. Each barrel okay, is 600 sure. pounds. So one of the barrels uh -huh. slipped and fell when okay. he stepped on it. Well, why was he? Yes. Well, obviously, they're round, but okay. Well, no, they're stacked like like a tube on top are, of each other. You know, once they get on their side, though, they're not so stacked, are they? But this barrel was up and down and shouldn't have slipped. Okay, sure. I just think that we can, sh we should be able to agree not to climb on stacks of barrels of maple syrup. I mean, that should, he's a worker in a place, he should know that. That is on a, I've been in working situations like that okay that is on a placard somewhere don't climb on the barrels you know it is the problem is he had to go test some of the maple syrup in the upper barrels and so the only way to do that sure, is they to don't climb have a catwalk or anything nothing i don't know their life in quebec they have a forklift come on how'd that barrel get up there you bring it down you test it down on the ground that's how that goes there's a placard that says it's look it's placard it's right next to the one that says <laughs> this plant has gone you know, 23 days without a death-inducing incident. It's next to that. That's fair. Either way, though, he did climb it. It was not best practices, but sure. Okay, let's go. He was stunned <laughs> because the barrel shouldn't have moved. <laughs> so he climbed back down, okay. and he found a barrel to be empty. Oh, now I see. Which was 
wild because uh, no barrel was supposed to be in there unless it was full. Okay. This is literally a storage place. You already know it's a maple syrup storage place, not a barrel storage place. That's a different location. Sure. Right. At that place, they expect the barrels to be empty. Right. Because it's for barrel storage. Up in here, right. it's so, syrup storage. So he, he got nervous, and he started looking around, and he found many, 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 many more oh. empty barrels. And then in some cases, barrels where the syrup was replaced with water. What? That seems like a weird extra step, doesn't it? <laughs> Why would you do mostly empty? I think they started replacing with water and then was like, God, it's too hard to tote all this water in there. We're going to look super suspicious carrying all these bottles into the plant. <laughs> so, as I'm sure you guessed, he freaked and ran yeah. to call the authorities. He's like, somebody's taking the syrup. But Canadian. So he's like, oh, somebody's taking the syrup, eh? Like that. Yeah. Somebody was stealing their sticky stuff without their consent. <laughs> oh, God. And he was like, I, this cannot stand. <laughs> no, because he was woke. <laughs> so the Quebec police took the case. Then the Royal Mounties jumped in. Mm. There's another appetizing sound. And then finally, U.S. Customs jumped on. Whoa. This is getting to be quite the pile of Mounties and Mount ters and woof. yeah i'm gonna say it's a uniform fest and right, i'm no here kidding. for it woof. so they all want to join in because they were confused <laughs> they were confused as to how and why they're like how and why is sure. this being stolen it's syrup we should really have thought about cameras damn it they did find out however 12.5 percent of the maple syrup reserve was stolen of the strategic don't forget maple syrup reserve right i love that it's strategic and they were like we need to find it uh good luck it's on some person's plate i i had about six percent myself personally <laughs> jesus christ that's a lot of syrup well in their course of their investigation they issued 40 search warrants and they questioned around 300 different people okay they were like leave no person unquestioned they were looking for the people who were literally sticky-fingered. Yes. So before long, they found their men. The Mounties always seem to do that, don't they? They're like, yes, I'm <laughs> on a horse, and you're caught. <laughs> and my horse can run quite faster than you. Yes, and my horse, like me, is well hung. <laughs> well, uh, I surrender <laughs> in all sorts of ways. <laughs> <laughs> So before long, they found their man, and they found out how it had been done. It started with a man named Avic Karen. Oh, sure. Okay. And it's maybe pronounced Caron. I'm not sure. It's Quebec, and I'm, I apologize for any mispronunciations. It is okay. But Avic was, um, he was married to a woman. That was his first mistake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> women are great. But this woman happened to be part owner of the warehouse that the reserve I was see. in. I was, ex I was a thought you were going to say a, of a diner <laughs> <laughs> and really wanted some cheaper wholesale maple syrup. So Avic figured that if they could steal the syrup and sell it on the black market, then they could make a lot of money. The brown market, but sure. Correct. So to avoid suspicion, he rented out a space in, in that warehouse for his maple syrup that he was supposedly producing. 
and he brought in yeah. barrels. Uh-huh. So together with other men, they would remove other barrels from other people's I see. areas. And replace them with the barrels that they brought in. No, they would. it was crazy. They should have done that. But I think each barrel is marked differently, so they couldn't do that. So they brought barrels out of the warehouse to a distant area and then do the, the trade-off, then fill the first barrel with water and bring them back. And that way people wouldn't suspect because on the, res- the reserve is just there until they need it. Right. So nobody's really checking it that often because they're like, it feels like 600 pounds, so why do it's syrup? Why do I need to open? And they're just scrambling up and down these stacks of barrels like it's their job. <laughs> it's a hobby. Yeah, they're just like doing parkour in there. Some people mountain climb. Some people climb up maple you know, syrup it's barrels. Good for the calves, I guess, and your grip. I do love a good calf <laughs> muscle. So Avic and his little band of maple syrup renegade yeah sure they would start in 2011 okay quote from history 101.com quote then they moved the maple syrup they had collected out of quebec where it was easier to sell away from the watchful eye of the f pack okay so apparently early on they were actually caught by like a security person yeah and then they paid him off they just bribed him and they brought him into the den of iniquity huh yeah bribery and uh coercion corruption I think... i'm so hungry i mean <gasps> mad <laughs> i think that the guard originally found the um rusty barrels because the barrels were meant for maple syrup not ah. water and so the barrels would rust i see if it was with water and so that was why they stopped filling it with water because they were like just put it back i see you know i mean at the end of the day, they knew eventually someone was going to figure out that there wasn't syrup in here. In a fallow year. They just wanted to be... It's just, thank yeah. God that 2011 was such a boom year for maple syrup, that's all. Wow, those are right. the days. Obama was president. <sighs> yes, there wasn't a pandemic yeah. because we were being led by someone right. with a brain. Plants were growing. Trees were just weeping maple syrup. It was a beautiful time. Yep. But buying off one guy did not eventually stop them from being caught. I, how, okay, how? So the men involved wanted to stick it to FPAC, right? Sure. But eventually the police would catch a bunch of the ringleaders, and they figured out it was all inside job because there was no way someone could come in for years and take that much. Like It, would, it couldn't happen all at once. They knew it had to be over a long stretch of time. <laughs> So they ended up finally catching them and, and making them crack and all that stuff. Okay. And um, one of the men involved, Richard Valliers, would plead innocent because he had supposedly been threatened by a man with a gun and told to give them the syrup. What? And so he's like, they they held me up at gunpoint, I, I think. Repeatedly over the course of a year and a half, and I, I forgot to mention it somehow. Uh... Yeah. <clears throat> So his jury would find him guilty of theft, fraud, and trafficking stolen goods. <laughs> and coming up with an idiotic answer. <laughs> yeah. He would receive the harshest sentence of the whole group, because I think people were like, you're lying to us. Good. Which was uh, eight years in jail and a $9.4 million fine. Whoa. And if he didn't pay his fine, then the jail time would get up to 14 years. Yowza. What would you do? I'd go for the 14. I mean... <laughs> 
because then you come out pretty rich. I think I'd want to get out yeah, sooner. You know, by after you know, not eight years in, you've got a routine. Um, you know, you pay it off. Maybe they'll let you out in good behavior yeah, or that's something. True. You know, maybe a global. You know, you don't know, but maybe a global pandemic will come along and people will get early release. You know, you don't know. Yeah. So I think I'd take the extra time and and the money. Another head honcho, Etienne Saint Pierre, mm. would be found guilty as well. He was taking the syrup and bringing it to New Brunswick and saying that the syrup came from there instead of Quebec. Okay. So that the syrup would not subject to Got Quebec it. laws. So he was part of okay. that whole deal. He was a, he was a uh, maple syrup rum runner, basically. Yeah. Quote from theculturetrip.com, quote, Avic Cannon was sentenced to five years in prison and fined $1.2 million for his involvement in the crime. Nice. So there was no, like, you have to pay or you get no, extra time. It was like, no, that. you have to pay. Yeah. yeah. But despite the ringleaders getting caught and everything, the syrup having already been rebranded and sold was not recoverable. Yeah. Quote from History101.com, quote, Because of this, it's likely that some of the thieves still ultimately view the operation of this as a success, hmm. where the main goal was to get back at the unpopular FPAC for their perceived mistreatment of maple syrup producers. Raymond Valliers, for example, supposedly justified his actions by declaring that, quote, stealing from thieves is not stealing, end quote. Wow. Yes, it is, but okay. Raymond was uh, related to Richard, I believe. I think he was a son or a father. I'm not sure. Oh, I thought it was the same guy. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I've also not been listening too closely, but go ahead. I'm just distracted by how hungry I am. Go ahead. Syrup. <laughs> the heist actually brought FPAC to the front of Canada's mind. And due to the backlash from the public, they were like, this is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Quebec. Minister of Agriculture called on the Federation to relax its regulations and change their quota needs. Really? Because it was really, really, really rigid. And they were just, they were kind of like, all right, you're doing good stuff, but you're a little over the top. Well, if anybody in the whole world is going to be like super militant about maple syrup, it has to be the Canadians. All right. Nobody else is going to take sure. up the banner. Well, they might need to change their gameplay for fut- for the future mm-hmm. because- uh, Vermont is starting to give them a run for their money. In terms of maple syrup militancy? What? Uh, production. Whatever happened to live free or die? Live free or die is New Hampshire. What about don't tread on me? And this, in this case, it's because of the stickiness. <laughs> I don't think that's Vermont's motto. What's Vermont? New Hampshire's live free or die. What's Vermont? Vermont must be... Hey, dude. Be nice. <laughs> yeah. Stop being an asshole, rest of the country. Be excellent to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Give each other a hug. (laughs) All right, whatever. And enjoy some maple syrup, whatever. It's Vermont. (laughs) It's Vermont. Look at our leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's the state motto. (laughs) Vermont. Yeah, whatever. It's Vermont. Look at our leaves. We have Ben and Cherries. (laughs) And maple syrup. That's what they do. Ice cream. Maple syrup and a lot of trees. I want to go to Vermont now. It's beautiful. I wouldn't know. I've been stuck in my house. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't know just like you wouldn't know what real maple syrup tastes like? Possibly. I don't know what outside looks like or (laughs) what what victory tastes like anymore. I don't know anything. The world is so crazy. 
What is the bright side? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just starving. And I just I want to go to Vermont. I want, now I want some ice cream and maple syrup. I don't know what to do. Well, first, the criminals were caught and justice was served. Because yes, even though they along were... Along with some, with some nice piping hot pancakes. <laughs> the tea and the pancakes were served piping hot for these criminals. Mm. <laughs> so... It's tough because they were trying to prove a point, all that stuff, right? But technically, they still broke the law. Um, I think mostly they were trying to make a lot of money off of stolen goods. Right. So I think, you know, that can be unequivocally kind of like, <laughs> no, don't do that. You right. Know? That's, that, there's a placard in that, in that factory about that, too. Don't steal all the, you know, maple syrup. It, the placard is next to the one that says, don't climb on the barrels of maple syrup, which is next to the one that says, now... Uh, this plant has only had one day uh, without an accident. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> great. Great job, Michael. Okay. That's the uh, the tacked up printed paper sign underneath. <laughs> yeah, right, the some asshole put a, printed it and put it up there. <laughs> Taped it. <laughs> the other, another big thing is no one died. That, that is nice. Which, That's if nice. you've listened to our show before, that's a big one. Well, I mean, okay, nobody directly involved in this story has died, but think of the victims of obesity. Maples, no. <laughs> I just, I hurt, I hurt Jason very much with that. We, we do have a FaceTime or a Zoom meeting going on as well, and I, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for the pain I just caused you. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a rough forty-eight hours. A little friendly fire is not surprising. We're all grieving in our own way. <laughs> I lash out. It's how I deal. <laughs> you know what, eh? Screw your maple syrup, eh? Or screw you yourself. <laughs> Take your leaves and shove it, Vermont. <laughs> I hope you get obesity and die. <laughs> oh, Christ. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. So, bear okay. with us. We're still rebooting our brand. We, we mentioned we're rusty, right? Like yeah. those water barrels. We're rusty we like those barrels. Yeah, oh, what, what a great metaphor. We're sticky, sweet, and delicious, but we're also rusty. Look at that. We're... Oh, that's we're, perfect. What's it called? We're tetanus in a podcast. <laughs> You can't like get you said, rid of us. Still working on the brand, people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> still, please, still working on that marketing campaign. Please just vote for Biden and Harris because then we'll, <laughs> it'll be such, I'll be able to think about other things. Oh, uh, I know. Um, so the All final, right. final f good thing is that FPAC was called out for how oppressive they were being. And they, they've become better at like working with the farmers and being mm -hmm. a little little less rigid a little less snotty nice about everything okay um and and they're still like they are still there to protect the produ the producers right you know in in yeah in essence that's what they do in theory yeah yeah i love so. it well that's wonderful i appreciate you bringing this to my attention i'm glad it was in your back pocket and now you have released it to the world i'm so glad that you could do that yeah, what's that smell? Maple syrup. And us, because we're the shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, shall we do this again next week? Yeah, 
I'm excited to come back and 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 uh, find more delightful yet unusual stories like this. Me too. If you guys know of anything like this, shoot it our way. Yeah. What's our uh, stuff here? Uh, yeah. You. Oh uh, no. Yeah. Well, the uh, our Instagrams and our emails are at, tagged at the end of the show. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. And I'm so glad that we could get our scheduling and our technology together to get back on the horse here, just like a Mountie. Oh, I love a Mountie. Don't you just. Oh, I meant I love being mounted. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, I guess we know who's the horse. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks everybody. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. They stole my sticky goodness. Oh, yes. But did you give consent? (laughs) we hope you've liked this episode of the bright side with kevin and jason if you did please throw us some stars and give us a review on itunes it really helps others find the show and if you didn't just keep it to yourself or tell your diary you can find us on twitter and instagram at brightside k and j and on facebook at the bright side with kevin and jason all our past episodes are also streaming on our website www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com until next week Don't forget to look look on on the the bright bright side. side.